If you're the kind of dad who leaves little sticky notes in your kids' lunchboxes that say, Donut forget, I love you, then this is the podcast for you. We are Bad to the Dead with Coach Randy and Adam D. We are the podcast that celebrates the dad, wherever dad may live, whatever dad may do. Welcome to episode number two, season number eight, calling this one Comma Dad Central. Why? Because we have a very special guest, the amazing Drew Tarvin. He is the founder of Humor That Works, helping organizations implement humor as part of their culture. He's also, of course, a dad. He is the author of two fabulous books, which we'll get into a little later on in the podcast. Hey, my name is Adam D. Right now, it's my great pleasure and privilege to introduce my good friend and podcasting partner. He is the two-point conversion just when you need it. He's Coach Randy. Hi, Coach. Hey, Adam D. Speaking of two points, how about those New York Giants? Wow, and we are recording this. We are. On Sunday, September 11th. We'll talk about 9-11 in a little bit, but uh, what a finish. What a finish for all those Giants fans. I mean, uh, Football crazy. I mean, we have red zone, so I get a chance to see all the... You see everything. You get to see everything. 67 touchdowns this week. Wow. 67 touchdowns. What a way touchdowns. to start the season. Not a, not a bad season at all. A lot of surprises, a lot and of... And we're buff. 60 of them in that first game, Bills-Rams, <laughs> because it seems like it was. Listen, a lot of missed kicks. I got to tell you. Yeah, that too. That can be did. So, that's a good week of football. Uh, yeah. Football is back here in our country. Well, and I always feel like when the NFL football season starts, yeah. that's the official start of fall. Yeah, that, uh, I think you're right. I think you're right. And as you, we gear in now, we start to go to the down part of the baseball. Mm-hmm. As you know, I'm a big baseball fan, so we're watching the, uh, the Yankees particularly have a chance of imploding. Nice sweep. Well, they had a nice little sweep this weekend. <laughs> they did, but you never know. They seem to have a lot of uh, turmoil going up in the top, so... Uh, they might pull a New York Mets. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll have to see Who our New York teams. Who have been keeping their heads just, just slightly above just water, but not too much. No, no. So it's been a, it's been a good week. I'm glad to have you back in the den. It's good to see you. Um, now it has been a little while because we recorded our original guest early the last first time. episode. Yep. And then we had Labor Day. How was your week, Adam? D? How was your week? My my week was good. Um, this was the first. First full week, well, not first full week because we had yeah. Labor Day, but first week of school. Yes, first it week was. Of school. So um, I didn't realize with the kids going back to school that I would be doing all these extracurricular well, activities. Correct. And this is also big time for you as a dad because we know Perry turned 17, got her driver's license. What is it like having you know, I, a, a driver I do, in the I do, family? I do a lot of comedy about my daughter's driving. but Great I have stuff to say, material, right? She is a very good driver, yeah. and what I've been finding now that we've had our first weekend mm-hmm. after the school year has started yeah. is she's extremely independent, mm-hmm. and I see very little of her on the weekend. She's yeah. like, I got wheels now. Yep. She's calling all her friends. It's off to the diner. Cats it's in the cradle, se- baby. Seven Eleven. Cats in the There's cradle. Slurpy cups all over my kitchen. That's right. It's uh, it's wild. It's just um, like the song, Cats in the Cradle. Just the give cradle, me the car keys, right. please. Yeah. See you later. But can I have them? But I'm I'm cool with that because yeah. I want her to. You know, continue to drive. And we are and, the benefit because she will call yes. up Michaela and invite them out. And, and pick her up. But she's also driving her brother yep. to school. Very nice. That must be nice so for him. So that's good for, for me. And he doesn't want to take the bus. And she doesn't want to take the bus. And no one's taking a bus. And they're, they're driving to school. So very independent. But she's very responsible and uh, happy she's doing that. And uh, then you got my son, who yeah. is has been very busy with marching bands. Yeah, He's a no, freshman. But not only is he very much involved... Yes. With with the marching band. But I hear you have a special t-shirt that you get to wear as part of a parent. <laughs> okay, you start with the swag. <laughs> and then we talk about the responsibility. Yes, yes, you're yes. right, yeah. So he's a drummer in the marching band. Yes. So I've been voluntold to be yeah. in the in the pit crew. Which and I'm, what kind of drum is it again? So he's a bass drummer. All right, that's what those big drums you wear on your shoulders. and boom, Yeah, there's boom. like a harness. Yeah. And, you know, you, you, you're... Whacking it on both sides. There's a cadence. You know, it's uh-huh. just like you know, drum line. I remember drum line very much. Except uh, maybe with a little less rhythm. Yes. All you know, right. He's still working on it. Yeah. He's yeah, still a absolutely. freshman. But um, I got to tell you, this is like an athletic sport. Oh, yeah. No, there's. I, I, would, I would put any football player to go through any band camp week, any day. They so you had it. band camp three yep. weeks before school yep. started. Yep. Now, um, I think it's Tuesdays and Thursdays. Maybe it's Wednesday. I don't know. See, that's the thing. I got to get. It's Thursday. It's Thursday. <laughs> and again, when you work from home, yes. it all melts together. 
they have these practices that go from the end of school till nine o'clock. Oh my god! And when you're in the drum line because of the equipment, mm -hmm. you're not just putting your little flute in a case and going to the parking <laughs> yeah. lot to see mom and dad. No, you're you're dismantling. Yes. Right. Yeah. So nine o'clock really means nine thirty. Yeah. But what I'm finding with Aiden is, even though he comes home at nine thirty, mm -hmm. it's okay. Dinner, shower, homework, sleep. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of BS in, in, that, in that exact order. And. Yeah, well, sometimes there's shower before dinner. I was gonna say that he probably he has to he has to smell a little ripe when he keeps home having keep a bite. Actually, out. I think shower might be the last thing he does because he has fourteen. <laughs> yeah, and you know sometimes when you smell that bad, you don't even smell. You don't it, even right? know it's not on you. Yeah. yeah. So you know, but but I think they say you know when you're when you're really busy, this is yeah. good because it helps you calendar well, manage. It certainly makes sure you, you keep your work priorities. Yeah. But I want to talk about the swag. What do you, I mean, oh, so you want to talk about the pit crew? Yes. Some so, of the pit crew. So you, you're now part of the pit crew. That sounds yeah. like. You're going to a Harry Styles, you know, concert. And you're in the pit, yeah. right? Yeah, but it's I'm, not. I'm a group, I got to get tattoos now. <laughs> you got some I, I got to smoke no filters. <laughs> I'm stereotyping, of course, but you know, the the pit crew. Um, I thought it was just going to be, you take the percussion equipment mm -hmm. out, you put it in the pit, which are the instruments that are played on the sideline. Yeah. Maybe you help out with some of the larger field instruments. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's some of that, but also. Because these bands do these elaborate shows mm -hmm. where there are props, yeah, and it's almost like going to yeah, it's like going to a giant stadium show where there's like all these different things going things on. going on on yeah. stage. Uh, they're doing they're doing a show. I don't know if I'm allowed to speak about it yet until till week one. I, Keep, I probably can. Well, listen, what do you know? Do you sign any contract? Do you have an NDA? I do not. Do you have an NDA? So they're, <laughs> look, every year they do some theme. Yes. So last year was superheroes. Yeah. The year before that, it was the songs of Queen. Yeah. This year, it's New York theme songs. All right. Very nice. So they have these really elaborate graphic design displays oh, and you're... that have to be slipped over these frames and yeah. wheeled out into the field. Wow, you're like, like, so you're like stage crew. I, I got to do that. So I said... Michelle, uh -huh. I'm putting a bag together. Uh -huh. Michelle's my wife, by the way. Yeah. I get, I got to get a socket wrench, yeah. WD-40. I need gloves and I'm duct tape and, and duct tape <laughs> and exacto knife. I'm like, it's... now I'm like, I'm like, I'm a true groupie. I'm yeah, the tool man. You walk around the tool. Yeah, like next, to the tool man Taylor. You know, I'm going to be going up on the ladder fixing the lighting. Group. There you go, man. And this is all for an eight minute show. <laughs> and how much time do you? How much have you committed to doing this? Uh, how well, much time? I, I'm going to have to do this from now until the end of October. And Friday nights are the games, uh -huh. and then there are competitions. Now the competitions are really where you work hard because uh -huh. you some of them are nearby, uh -huh. but uh, some of these like next week's is yeah. in Phillipsburg, New Jersey. Wow, that's so, quite a that's quite a haul. It is a haul. For those of you who aren't familiar with New Jersey, Phillipsburg is the last exit on Route 78 before you get to the Delaware yeah, River yep. and then crossing and then to crossover. Pennsylvania. Yep. Yep. And it's an all-day affair. Yeah. Because you can't just go and show up when you're no, no. You got to go. You got to get ready. You got to. And you listen to other bands. It's competition. You do. You do. So I'm I'm all in. What, what, look at that. What a dad. Yeah. Did you ever get involved? I mean, you you've been a caddy dad mm -hmm. with with Aiden uh, yep. with, with golf. the golf. Yep. And now your pit crew. Mm -hmm. uh, you got Perry who's driving. You're like yeah. living living like the teen teen dad dream. Yeah, and you know what? Today was kind of cool. It was the first football Sunday. Yeah. And, you know, we say, you know, we, we're not going to have a lot of Friday night dinners together mm -hmm. because everyone's got their activities. Mm -hmm. So let's try to enjoy a football Sunday. So my wife went to Target and she got a whole bunch of appetizers. Hey, let's wings Mama Shan. And cocktail weenies and, and cauliflower buffalo. So my entire living room became a TGI Fridays. There you go. Today. You can't go wrong with yeah. that. Well, that's, that's fantastic. Like tapas. It was like tapas. That is well, I've always admired. And I think. What we like about our show so much is how we get involved with our kids. Now, my, uh, um, you know, for, for my kids, you know, Bree's back in school, Michaela's back in school. Yeah. Um, it's nice having them back in school, but and Jess is back in school. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about how. Of course, your wife is an administrator, administrator in a nearby in Dover, town, Dover School District. Mm -hmm. And it's like summer is great, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it was like, boom! We were like zero to sixty, seventy, like yeah. overnight. And we're like, oh my God. And now we're trying to figure out we're balancing meals, we're balancing how to get people in places. It's crazy. I'm not sure you're feeling it, but I'm feeling the stress. <laughs> yeah. I'm feeling a heck of a lot of stress. It's like, now I got to make sure that so and so gets to this practice, this person's yeah. got the ACT tutor, mm -hmm. this person's got to come back and get home for dinner. We have this thing going on. It really is, it just seems like out of nowhere, life just started picking up again. And your schedule is not your own, so you're a year behind me with Michaela. Yeah. She's a junior, and then now I have Perry, who's a senior. Mm -hmm. So the driving's out of the way. That big stress, she got the license, and she actually got the license. I know, in that you know that puts mild pressure, because Perry did it on her first time, and she comes back, and I heard about her exam, and we're very excited for her. So now Michaela's already nervous 
about yeah. the person that she gets. She'll do fine. She'll do fine. Yeah. I think, you know, now where there's added pressure is all these college applications. And well, there's that's... this common app, and you you yes. got to get the ones that you really uh, want to get into by, like, November no, 1st. I know. That's crazy, because right now we're talking ACTs, and now we're visiting schools over Teachers mm-hmm. Convention. Yeah. And so we've already booked all of our college visits in November, mm-hmm. the different schools we're going to go, and we're going to drive up there. And But I'm like, it's, it's November, and it feels like it's far away, mm-hmm. but then I, I start counting the days. And it's the middle of September, right? It's, when it's people a, listen to this podcast, it's going to be the middle of September, September. of twenty twenty two. I know. So it's just, it just feels like uh, at one point this this is where I yearn for the pandemic days. You know, not <laughs> not, not the pandemic. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. I sometimes you know I, I'm reluctant to talk about that because people some, think I, I minimize the seriousness of it. And I don't. Yeah. Uh, but I those moments of just being with family where mm-hmm. the only choice you had was to be home. Mm-hmm. And you'd have the pressure of balancing the rounds. Yeah, and, as, yeah. and as parents uh, who enjoy our kids, <laughs> I think there's some parents that mm-hmm. maybe don't get as much joy from their kids. Um, mm-hmm. It just seems like it's just a lot to do. And we're those are the parents that work late yes, and book a lot of business. Travel. You know, and uh, for us, you know, I was talking to Michaela with, with softball and Bree with softball. Um, before I know it, I was talking to to Michaela, and she, I'm like, you realize two years from now, we're dropping off at college. That's 730 days. Hmm. You've got 370 yeah, days. Yeah. And it's like, uh, I think I mentioned this past time, uh, research, the article I read, that our kids spend 93% of their of their lives with us, right? So we, mm-hmm. we spend 93% of their lives with us yeah. by the time they graduate. Mm-hmm. So then they go off. And so I'm, I'm doing my best to hold on. It seems like the more I try to hold on, yeah. The harder it just gets because it just Write that moves. down. That is a beautiful lyric. Oh, yeah. I want to hear it on a Sirius XM station. <laughs> I don't know if it's the uh, sappy music rock station it, or... It is. It's not a Yacht Rock song. No, it's not Yacht sure. Rock. You know, it's just really, really something. And, yeah. You know, it's, it was a crazy week in, in, in world history. Boy, it really, really was. So the, the queen. The queen. No more. You know, so that is... Now you got Charles in charge of our days and nights. Did <laughs> yes. you see that meme? Yes, I couldn't, I saw, yes. I couldn't hold back. Yes, I thought that yes, was so clever. Yes. There's another one, you know... You know, don't feel bad. You know, it, it, it took 73 years for Char- Charles to get his first job. You know, <laughs> you know, poor guy. Uh, but or, or now we're giving the, the job of the queen to a guy. Are yeah, we that woke? Well, yeah, we that woke. You know, so it's really uh, 70 years. Mm. And so I think that it's, uh, I love the pomp. I love the circumstance. I think it's uh, a country with such history. And there's all this controversy about certain things and all the different uh, countries that are involved. I think it's kind of neat, but then I think start thinking about kings, and I start thinking about House of Dragon and Targaryens. I start thinking <laughs> of Game of Thrones. You're going there, yeah. <laughs> you know, so Makes it sense. is uh, the the kings of the kingdom. It's uh, sad, obviously, for our friends who have uh, family and uh, long live the queen. There won't be a queen again for yeah. for could be a very long time. It could be a very long time, and I, I find this whole concept of a monarchy. Yeah, uh, and they were really the the. I want to say the first. They were, uh, uh, in recent years, mm-hmm. they were the first uh, celebrity monarchy, yeah. right? We're not really following the king and queen of Belgium yeah. as much as we are the king and queen king. of England. Yeah. And they're the closest thing to celebrity royalty we've had since the Kennedys. Yeah. And they, these people are true royalty. True. Now, I've spoken to a lot of people from the UK, mm-hmm. either in the UK or are here. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, how do you feel about it? And they're like, yeah, it's... The end of an era, a lot of people think that the monarchy is irrelevant, mm-hmm. but then when you think about it, England's had like four prime ministers in as many years. Well, not only that, right? I think she's lived through 14 prime US ministers. Pres- uh, uh, 14, whatever, like yeah. 14 presidents, who knows how many prime ministers, mm-hmm. over 70 years. She was she was 26 yeah. years old. What were you doing when you were 26? When I was 20, <laughs> not thinking about the Christ, that's for sure. Can you imagine? Yeah. You know, it is... Uh, Talk about it, uh, just the story behind that, and as a sociologist and uh, a person who respects uh, how people connect, and it's mm-hmm. really a, it's a sad day. Um, you know what I find crazy? I'm going to throw this out there. Yeah. Lantern flies. Oh, so we're, are we pivoting? Or I'm just is, pivoting because... Okay, there's no we're, there's no segue there's here. There's no segue All because... Right, so we're done talking about the Queen. Well, no, it's... Because right, it, I was going to go into this whole thing about some people in the UK. Well, she led a colonial revolution, so... You know, they say the sun never sets on well, the British that, Empire, yeah, yeah. and then there were people of different cultures who weren't thrilled with yeah, well, like, the fact that there know, was conquest. You know, always but, but I'll go to Lantern. No, 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 no. You. you know, I was trying to keep away from some of the politics. You know, yeah. we, right. we, we don't talk I, politics yeah. much, but certainly uh, goes out there. But I do want to talk. I was just giving you feedback. No, so. I just want to talk about lantern flies. Yeah. Uh, now, have they descended on your house like a horror movie? <laughs> no. 
we were at a softball game uh, this past Friday night, mm-hmm. and there is a certain way you're supposed to kill a lanternfly. Oh, there is? There's yeah. a technique? There's a technique. That and you the, can't um, sweat the technique, no, no, coach. No. Don't sweat the technique. No, no, because they they jump. And so the uh, idea is you have to go through them from behind. Or no, in front. It's in front because uh-huh. they jump towards you. Uh-huh. So if you go in front of them and they jump, they go jump right into the bottom of your shoe. And I just felt our listeners, I don't want to miss out on that opportunity no, to share no. with our listeners because our listeners count on us mm-hmm. for detailed information on so many different things Yeah. that... Uh, as much as we love talking about our kids, mm-hmm. and as much as we have good weeks in the, in the relevant history uh, and yeah. the news cycle, yeah. lanternflies yeah. are all over the place. Yeah. And uh, I know Piper likes to eat them. Oh. Um, I've had a few land near my mouth. Um, they certainly land all over your face. Mm-hmm. Uh, so have you found that problem? And if you're looking to kill them, go in front of them so when they jump at you, you squash them. Yeah. You're supposed to kill them. No, you have to kill them, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you know, I'm sure there are people who don't like killing other creatures, but these are but such they... devastating creatures. These are these are more than just pests. They're well, like they're really just er- eradicating well, our our environment. Well, the, right? the original name was called the murder hornet. <laughs> that was this. Yeah, they changed the this name. This was the murder hornet. They, 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 I, I think so. I think I so. I thought the murder hornet was an actual hornet. Well, I don't know what it was, but I know that they they changed the name to lantern flies. I think I could be wrong. It, because it was, I didn't like the word murder. Make it sound prettier. I mean, if it was, where did the murder hornets go? But doesn't a lantern fly sound kind of nice? It's like well, that's light, the point. lightning bug. Exactly. The lightning bugs are kind of pretty. One would think that would be the case. But no. So I, I've been noticing. Well, you said the lantern flies fly into one's shoes. Yeah. I think we're doing a public service because yeah. our listeners have shoes. Yes. And they prefer only their feet to be in the shoes yeah, and not sharing the space with a lantern. Correct. Fly. So therefore, uh, if you see one, don't go from behind it because mm-hmm. it jump away. So find the eagle in front of it, it'll come into your shoe, and you squash it. I feel it. the need. Hmm? I feel the need to maybe dress up as a lanternfly and have you demonstrate. I would love to demonstrate that. Sneak up, yes. and kill a lanternfly. Well, let's let's play this out, right? So Adam, right now here is on all fours here, mm-hmm. right? He's on all fours, right? All right, and I want you to I would jump. Like to say it wouldn't be the first time, but okay. <laughs> right, so I want you to jump up, right? Okay, that's here I good. Go. Right? I'm, I'm launching. Jump you, right? I'm launching. And see good how, thing I do Pilates. And you see, see my foot. I would see how you're jumping up, uh-huh. and then you would hit my foot. See how see how my foot oh, is now on top oh, of your forehead. Oh, oh yes. You see my foot is on top of your forehead, yeah. and I would be squishing you down, and that's how you kill a lanternfly. Hmm. And if only our listeners could have that vision inside, and they can they can see it, I think we just did a good service for our listeners. Sometimes a people little, just don't have the little benefit PSA, of being here. Little PSA, and so so it's... we take this show on the road and do whatever this the bad to the dead sketch comedy show. We will demonstrate. And speaking of sketch comedy, I know they want to get to our guest. Yeah, that's cool. You've done a lot of comedy. Uh, as of late, a lot of stand up, a lot of stand up, yeah. and yeah. Uh, just bravo, just bravo. Where, what, where, where, I mean, I, I guess you get a lot of your material from your family, you have to. A lot from the family, a lot from the kids, obviously, but you know, finally started doing some serious travel again mm-hmm. on planes, and I always feel like every time I go on a plane, just weirdness gravitates to me. I'm always sitting next to the most undesirable people, uh, <laughs> both on the way out and on the way back. Yes. Um, typically something happens in an airport, whether it's to me or it's other people other that people. I get to and observe. You, but you always notice. You're a noticer. Yeah. I, I always try to have my radar on mm-hmm. for something Stories. that I think could be could be humorous to mm-hmm. other people because that's something people can relate to. Yeah. Right? They can relate to travel. They can relate to the stress of... Uh, being in an airport and or taking an Uber or taking a cab and essentially it's the mm-hmm. largest form of public transportation mm-hmm. and the most expensive. Well, yes, when, so. and uh, I guess ma- I would, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say master gonna always be in fly for me uh, because this way um, breath mm-hmm. uh, you, you just kind of keep breath to yourself so no one's breathing on you. Uh-huh. I think that you know I was at a uh, my wife's. Uh, grandmother uh so my daughter's great-grandmother was her unveiling today yeah so if you're not familiar with what an unveiling is a year after a loved one's death in the jewish faith we unveil the grave yes so the grave is ready yeah and so it's not a second it's not a second funeral it's just a moment to kind of everything and and then what do we do after these things we go and eat we go eat we go and eat uh we go and eat and but in the situation there's like real close people up in your face kind of talking to you Uh Mm uh-huh and that's what I'm, i'm thinking Man, I wish the mask mandate was still in mm-hmm. because I can just feel germs now. Yeah, and I hope I'm becoming a germaphobe, but I'm like, I sense germs just like coming mm-hmm. on me, yeah. and I, I have a, I'm like, just 
Can you I, can you stop? Well, for me, it's it's yeah. in the breath. You yeah. know, you're getting somebody's germs when you can feel and smell yes. the breath. And I'm like, why do I pick up hints of Milky Way, yeah. orange juice? There's some spoiled of the kind milk. of smoked meat. Yes, yeah, spoiled I don't know milk. if that's a beef jerky. <laughs> what are we going with? Is that a peckamin? It's definitely a gallon of coffee. You know, so yeah. I'm like oh, that too. Yeah, and so I'm like uh huh uh huh, and so Bree's sitting next to me. And I'm talking, and I'm like, oh, that's lovely, that's lovely, lovely. And I'm like squeezing her hand, and she's like hitting my leg, like, Dad, stop squeezing. <laughs> I'm squeezing, I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> and so then, of course, we went to a place called Harold's Deli mm-hmm. uh, down in uh, in Edison, where they have ginormous food. And that's so that's how you got to do a deli that sandwich. Was our, that, yeah. was our, that kind of finished our day. But I'm still full. I'm, I'm still full from that Just meal. Just one meal today. That was, that's that's all need. I could handle. That's yeah. all I could handle. Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, I think, I think the, the pancake itself was the size of an 18-inch pizza, mm-hmm. uh, which that was a chocolate chip pancake, which Michaela mm-hmm. got. Uh, Brianna got the uh, the potato pancake, mm-hmm. which was like a 12-inch uh, pizza. Wow. Uh, then I got the uh, the large uh, brisket sandwich mm-hmm. uh, for two, because I thought it would be enough to roast one of some. And Jessa, she got salami and eggs, right? Mm. Now, it came with a platter of salami eggs, enough yeah. for 12 people. Yeah. Uh, a thing of hash browns mm-hmm. uh and french fries yeah um and i i know i I do my best not to eat so much but it was quite a meal yeah quite a meal yeah. and then and you're looking out. good but i think every once in a while you're entitled well to a they, meal like that. they say you're and entitled I love the level it. of detail yes well it is you really went round the table well then of course you know we uh there was dessert oh oh and oh, you didn't stop with, <laughs> with the entree no we needed to have dessert mm-hmm. uh and so there's a chocolate cake ah. which must have been and I'm, if you can see my hands, I'm not. I'm not exaggerating because I'm a no, guy. No, I can see it. Yeah, because I'm talking. Tough. We're talking twelve inches. Yeah, about twelve inches. We're talking, and gluten was there? Gluten? Oh, there's a lot. Was of the gluten free? No, it was a lot of gluten. So in the there. gluten was free. You you didn't have to pay extra for the no, gluten. No, the, the, the gluten the... was part oh, of the chocolate cake. Yeah, so not gluten free, but no, free gluten. No, no, but a ton, okay. a ton of gluten. All right. Uh, and there was a, ne- a Neapolitan, which Ooh, was not yeah. just which was not just also a foot in yeah, length. Yeah. It must have been six inches in height. Wow. And eight inches in diameter. That's how we do food in Jersey. And then of course cheesecake. Right, mm. and then Bree said she wanted a root beer float, which you know how upstairs I have those really big mugs, mm-hmm. those the beer mugs, those yeah. big steins that like they're also about a foot high. It was like five scoots of ice cream, root beer, and whipped cream. She knock it off. Uh, I'm pretty proud. She did pretty good with it. Did she, she did. Yeah. I mean, we had a little bit. We shared some of it, um, but that was, you know, it was uh, it was very funny watching her, and she kept saying, "I'm so full, I'm so full," until the root beer float came out, and then she had plenty <laughs> of space. <laughs> Things just sort of maneuver yes, down there, yes. right? I don't know how she does it. Yeah, she's full until the public storage. Yes, mm-hmm. until the dessert comes out. Uh, so that was a sad moment for remembering uh, uh, my wife's grandmother, Gigi, and um, it brought in peace, you all but, together, though. But uh, it brought us all together as a family from from down in Maryland, from Pennsylvania. Um, uh, Jess's uh, cousin works uh, in uh, as a civilian in the uh, in the government. I think she's mm-hmm. in. I know she's not in Afghanistan. She's some, maybe she's in Germany. No, someplace. it's one of those I could tell you, but yeah. I have to kill you type jobs. Well, they are spies. Okay then. <laughs> That's a resume builder. You know, for but I let's get talk to uh, what I think is great. Our, our guests don't know this. We have a really special guest tonight, and we have this guest because of your talent and your ingenuity and how you just have this knack for connecting with people. Why don't you? I mean, listeners, you have to understand. Adam's an incredible person. Uh, he's my best friend. He's a brother from another mother. He is constantly, and I'm not saying I'm saying he's in third person. You're right in front of me. You always have a way of meeting people and being nice. I don't know how you do it. It is, and I keep myself pretty open, but I'm also much more reserved. I, I stay in the back. You're out yeah. there engaging. Uh, Drew Tarvin, yeah, uh, is someone that you didn't know. I have no idea he is, but but you discover this guy as if. Just kind of just flew around. Quickly becoming one of my professional heroes. Uh, yeah. Former uh, engineer, I believe, at Procter & Gamble mm-hmm. in Cincinnati. Also a stand-up comedian. Mm-hmm. He clearly has a pension for, for comedy. And really created this whole cottage industry around humor at work. And in fact, his book is called Humor That Works. And he wrote another book called The United States of Comedy about performing in each of the 50 states. Mm-hmm. And I think Washington, D.C. too. I haven't gotten to the end of the book yet. But uh, how did I find him? So, wow, I, I have to go back and think. But I think I may have seen an advertisement on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. I bought his book. I, I was really impressed with how he didn't make it fluffy. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's funny. Mm-hmm. But there's a, also a system mm-hmm. for how you implement humor mm-hmm. in your workplace. Mm-hmm. And this was prior to the pandemic. And it's not like pranks, ha-ha funny. It's so like, it's, I'm so glad you yeah, made that yeah, point because yeah. he even says in the book, this isn't about 
walking around with the lampshade on your head and, and saying funny things to, uh, to get fired. This mm-hmm. isn't about putting whoopee cushions on people's seats. Yeah. This is about, when you think about humor, it's not just hilarity. It's not just jokes. It's about good spirits. Mm-hmm. So his whole methodology is around how do we create a more engaging environment mm-hmm. in the office mm-hmm. in a good spirited way mm-hmm. that, yeah, it can be jocular. Mm-hmm. It can be comedic. But it doesn't have to be. Mm-hmm. It could just be fun. Just have fun. That's probably the word that was missing in my explanation, fun. But you got it there. You got it in towards the end. Yeah. And well, eventually I get to the finish line. Right. And, and you know, uh, you read his book. Yeah. And because of you and our podcast, always thinking about our listeners, you said, this is somebody who'd be great for our listeners. I just had to wait for him to be a dad. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> when he wrote the books, he was not a dad. Yes. And now he's a dad. So, of course, we're looking forward to learning a little bit more about... Drew Tarvin and humor at work, humor that works, and of course, his experiences being a dad with his little one, and that's coming up right here on Bad to the Dad. Stay tuned. Hi, everyone. Adam D. here. You know that Bone Daddy logo that graces all of our social media accounts and some of our swag, too? That is the work of Berman Branding, led by Becky Berman. Becky does a phenomenal job with graphic design. She knows her way around a website, but she does so much more. She's also a web strategist and can help your business, small, medium, or large, have a much stronger presence. She'll give you some great ideas as to how to get your brand in front of the eyeballs of your target audience. So visit Becky's Instagram site, at Berman Branding. You can also check out her website, www.bermanbranding.com. It's Berman Branding for all of your graphic design, web design, social media, and marketing strategies. Berman Branding. We are Bad to the Dad with Coach Randy and Adam D, the podcast celebrating dads, wherever they might be, whatever they might do. Social media, it's a thing. We're obsessed with it. We're on it. You should be on it too. Check us out on Instagram, at Bad to the Dad. Facebook, it's the same handle. And you know what? We still have one of those good old-fashioned websites because I feel like you still got to have one of those hanging around. And ours is badtothedad.com. So what can you find on social media? What can you find on our website? Information about your hosts, information about your guests. If you go to the website, you can even download every podcast episode that we have created since January of 2019. What a collection that would be. Hard to believe that we've been doing it this long. Also hard to believe the FCC has not found us out yet and has knocked us off the podcast sphere. Oh, clearly we we deserve such punishment. Indeed. Thank you. Sure. Might have another. Well, and if you want to interact with us, if you, you want to provide us with feedback, good, bad, and different. What would you use? I would go with a good old fashioned email email because we're old guys. Contact us at bad to the dad.com. Once again, that's contact us at bad to the dad.com. Of course, if you'd like your information to be received a little swifter, you can IM us or DM us on any of the social media platforms. Coach. And don't Wait. BM us. So you keep saying BM, to. and I, you want me to keep engaging you, to. but uh, there's there's no way I'm going to let you drag me down it's too into easy, that Adam D. Yeah, too easy. I'm sorry. I digress. So this guest, uh, we've been talking him up. We have, and I know you'll be very excited because you do a lot of facilitation. Mm-hmm. You do a lot of workshops. I do a lot of workshops. This guy does a lot of workshops, and like you, he is a published author. He is Drew Tarvin, the founder of Humor That Works. He is the author of two books. One of them happens to be Humor That Works. The other is The United States of Comedy. We'll get into that in just a bit. And of course, he's a dad. And that's kind of what we're all about. So Drew Tarvin, thank you so much for being a guest on Bad to the Dad. Thank you. It is it is an honor to be here. I I don't know. I don't know if you still say I am. I think it's just DM. I don't think there's instant message. That's an AOL thing. Just AOL, right? Exactly. It was AOL, I am. But that does... Uh, make me think the the very first uh, AOL instant messenger screen name that I had was skills forever. 
So with a Z or with an S? With a Z. Oh, of course, right? Oh, yeah. Of course. So and the like... number four, it was, uh, you know, skills with the Z, the number four, E-V-E-R. Um, so maybe you should just refer to me as that the entire you, you all have cool, cool nicknames. So maybe just as skills. Skills forever. Time. Skills, no, skills. skills, skills. For, I mean, I just picturing Drew at that time, at that era, wearing mm-hmm. like a baseball cap sideways with like an Adidas track jacket. Was that and the one of those one of those net and one of those big chains with like a dollar the, sign on yeah, it, you with know, a, with a and, clock like and Adidas flavor. high tops. I wish, despite the how cool that AOL IM name was, I was more. Uh, my my girlfriend at the time was pushing me more to be like a a Backstreet Boy or an In Sync kind of member. Oh, really? So I had, Who would that be? I had the, I had the frosted Justin blonde Timberlake? tips. Justin, yep, Justin Timberlake is who she has. Like I kind of, sort of look like a, a oh Justin God, Timberlake. Just like if him. you have terrible you're like eyes, you're like a doppelganger. It's like you look just like him. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> happen underwear too tight i don't know that's why you're a little justin timberlake <laughs> i don't know if that's uh that's where we're going here yeah but you know I, the thing about the im names yes. and, and emails at that time yeah. was we we kind of use that to kind of create these new identities for ourselves mm-hmm. like i think i i at the time i went with like uh, thor or optimist or something like that just because i wanted to sound bigger digitally than i really you were was. much more creative i was just randy at nathan.net oh, you're boring you're boring <laughs> so so skills, 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 skills for life, skills for life, skills, skills forever, skills forever. forever, beyond life, forever. beyond life, forever. forever. And then really? the thing is, I forever. even if I wanted to change the the screen name after that, I couldn't because it was forever. It wasn't yeah. like skills for until yeah. you become mature enough to recognize become thirty a good name. Yeah. <laughs> skills till I become thirty. Oh man! So, you know, one of the great privileges I've had was I, I've gotten to sit in one of Drew's workshops. Okay. It was an improv workshop where we as facilitators could then deliver that in whatever classroom. Like, it was like meeting. a turnkey experience. Uh, sure. I, I think well, he was, trained you. To well, use yeah, it, it was, it was uh, organized and authorized stealing. And, you know, maybe Drew had off, you know, gotten this from, from an, another mentor, another Yoda somewhere down the line. And he just uh, parlayed that and delivered it to us. But whatever the case may be, I had a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it was Which, an interesting group, wait. Drew. You remember there was one guy who I think was like high out of his mind and eating a head of lettuce. I kid yes. you not. Mm-hmm. This somebody just crashed the party, ate a head of lettuce, was laughing his brains out. You could tell there was some sort of alternative chemical imbalance. Yeah, foreign foreign mm-hmm. substance involved. What company you with at the time? No, I was just sort of a free agent. Okay. And uh, Drew was kind enough to offer this free workshop. And I said, I got to see Drew live, even though it's over Zoom and, and was an active Oh, it's a pandemic. It's a pandemic. Yeah, ish, ish. Kind of. Well, know, we say Zoom. Out. Zoom really didn't happen until post-pandemic. It, so. well, it, was, it was a Zoom workshop. Uh-huh. And, you know, one of the features, the, you know, the centerpiece features of this workshop was improv. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Drew's got a lot in his bag of tricks. And I thought it'd be fun to kind of start out the interview, although we already have, with an improv exercise, which Drew will hopefully do us the honor of facilitating. Well, I think it's a good idea. But Drew, tell us about yourself real quickly. We get so excited. We get so caught up on ourselves. Tell us a little about yourself. Who are you? What do you do? And why humor? Yeah, I'll uh, I'll use that to segue into the improv exercise um, because he's a professional. He's a professional. Uh, I'm 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 working on the fly here. It's wonderful. Uh, no, but that I would not be like that. Uh, you know, if you had met me in high school when I was that Skills Forever AOL Instant Messenger name, uh, would not have been able to handle the the switch in conversation because I am an engineer by background, by mindset, by training. My degree is in computer science and engineering from the Ohio State University, and I have to say the part, otherwise they take away the degree, I think. Um, But uh, degree in computer science and engineering background, uh, and that uh, went on to become an IT project manager at Procter & Gamble, and was always good with computers, not so good with humans. Um, But uh, at Ohio State, I started doing improv and and stand-up comedy and started to realize that what I was learning in improv and stand-up was helping me not just to perform on stage, not just to become a better public speaker, not just to do better at work, but to kind of be a better human in a lot of ways, to be more confident in myself, to be able to have a, a, a way to react to things when they don't go exactly as planned, et cetera. And so 
uh, started to explore that intersection of humor in the workplace, improv in business, happiness and productivity. And, and that's essentially what we do with Humor That Works is teach people this skill of humor that they can apply intentionally in their work and life to be more productive, less stressed and, and a little bit happier. Uh, and so the context of that is a lot of keynote speaking, a lot of trainings and workshops and books, et cetera, and uh, some applied improvisation through some of those workshops. And so the, leading into this uh, exercise, uh, this is one that we do in a lot of the, the programs around the skill of humor, because when people think about humor, there's a couple of different reactions, but one of the big ones, particularly for fellow introverts and engineers like myself, it's like, oh, I could never do improv. You know, I'm never funny or I can't write a joke or I can never do stand up. And, and the reality is that, that humor is a skill, which means it can be learned and anyone can improvise because, in fact, we improvise every single day. So here's a facilitated version of that. Um, what I'd love for you to do, and we'll start with you, Coach Randy, is uh, I'd love for you to make up a word that does not exist in any language. And uh, Adam D is going to give the definition of that word. So he's going to make up on the spot the definition of that word. So for example, um, Coach Randy, you might say something like Yadari, I don't think is a real word. Uh, and then Adam D would repeat that word and give the definition of it. And then we'll go back and forth once or twice, swapping those roles. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And my my mind went to a word that probably is not appropriate for a PG-13 I was audience. Gonna, I, I think I, I forgot to coach you that <laughs> yes. we are going to keep this at least PG-13. I mean, I, I PG just, preferable. I mean, it just, I just went to. Whatever word is in your head, I, don't say it. Come up with another one. Make up a different one. It doesn't exist. It was really funny. I don't care. I really don't care. Let's let's come up with a different All one. Right, so, uh, Pilegress. Pilegress. Yes, Pilegress. Pilegress. Okay. Pilegress is um the act of buying too many products at the home depot oh pile grass. yeah too big pile yeah pile grass. i love it fantastic Yielding and great quite a bit of pile grass. Yes. Yeah. uh fantastic so uh adam d you'll now make up a word that doesn't exist and uh coach randy will give the definition of it okay uh, my word is clectorin <laughs> Collectorin. Collectorin. Collectorin is a medicine that's designed to take care of a foot infection. Collectorin. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's that. good. That's good. I mean, you all are, are really good at this. Let's do it one more time. We'll uh, we'll do one more round of each of you, just so we really settle into it. So, Coach Randy, the coach, um, it's your turn. I know it's my turn. It's my turn. I would say, uh, delicious. De <laughs> delicious. Okay. Um, well, I think there's probably some obvious definitions that that come to mind. Um, I would say that any food that has eclipsed its expiration date but is still edible is dead delicious. Delicious, mm -hmm. it is very nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, dads tend to be the ones eating that dead delicious food. Yes, yeah. yeah. So be careful with that. Be careful. You know, I'm always confused by the expiration and the Best Buy. Well, so, best, yeah. you know, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. We were thinking about today. We we're looking at it. it says. Best Buy, you know, September, by a certain day, September 11th. Yeah, that would, that would be around the, the, that's, the dead that's like today, but right. is it, is it Best Buy yeah. or is it used by? Yeah. Well, we'll talk about yeah. that offline. Here's, yeah. here's yeah. my, word. I'm, my, my I'm, term. Yeah. I'm, I'm worried. I'm curious what my Best Buy date is. Yeah. Like, cause at some point in my life, it's going to be like, yeah, you peaked. I don't know. Has it already happened, or is it going to win? I wish I had it printed on my my date. Drew by this date. <laughs> yes. yeah. yeah, get to Drew by this date. Otherwise, afterwards, it's that's all fun. downhill. That's fun. That's good shit. Yeah. yeah, that's why Drew does, does what he does. That's he right. Does, Drew's, he does what he do. That's right. That's right. Drew does. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. So all right, my, right um, my word is uh, rampunerous. Rampunerous. Rampunerous is what happens when you go. And you jam your toe against the door, and you turn around and you whack your knee against the wall. Wow, there's a lot of you know uh, foot oriented. Uh, well, I just feel rampunerous. I have had issues with rampunerous. Rampunity, rampunious, rampuniosity. Oh, now we're conjugating. Uh, yeah, right. So it was it was a terrible situation when I when I hit my toe and I whacked it at my leg. I think it was rampunious pain that mm -hmm. really really mm -hmm. yeah. exalted my the effort and the energy. It just happened. It just these are things that jump inside my head. I yeah, can't control and them. Clearly, you're going to dwell over for for hours. And I kept it PG thirteen. Yeah, I was really good close. For you. You no, know, it's impressive. 
It's all very, very good. So there's, uh, you know, with F, uh, applied improvisation or facilitation, as you all know, a, a big part of the value is in the debrief. Like, what's the point of that exercise? What can you do with it other than, you know, have some fun? So there's a couple of different ways that you can kind of take this. I think the the first one is, did you all enjoy the exercise? Did you have fun? Did it make you laugh or smile at all? Well, whenever I have Adam D and a cure professional who's a humorist, I always have fun. I, I think it was a lot of fun. Um, I loved it when I did it in your workshop, Drew, because it led to more of this. You know, it, it started with the exercise and then it then snowballed into, I think, more improv and more explanation and, and back and forth, which you know, I think is the idea, right? Also kind of refreshes your brain to not so worry about what's right, what's wrong, but just kind of let ah. you be free mm -hmm. and open yourself up to different ideas. and. Yep. Yeah, which is is perfect. I mean, part of it is to to recognize that when people think of humor, they sometimes only think of that that setup and punchline, right? That it's got to be a joke, or I got to memorize jokes or stories. And it's like, no, this is you know some of the humor, the fun, or the smile comes from uh, just kind of the moment or the the interactions. And so, kind of lowering the bar in terms of what we mean by humor, not necessarily what you see on a stage, but it's not always about making someone laugh. It could be about making someone smile. So recognizing that. I think the the second thing is it's an interesting exercise around your creative process. So I'm curious, uh, we'll start with you, Coach Randy. Which one did you think was harder, making up the word or giving the definition? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I think, which one I found more difficult? Yeah. Probably kind of making up the word because mm -hmm. I wanted to come up with something that was like just out there that didn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. where the definition it just kind of just jumped into my head i just went with it which is easier to just kind of just all right i'll just blurt whatever comes into my mind without trying to necessarily have to think of something that matched it yeah mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and what about you adam d i think the word is always tougher um i know having done some improv myself that nothing truly comes out of thin air there's like a repository in your brain but you have to hustle to kind of find all those little jigsaw puzzle pieces and put them together Mm -hmm. So a, a definition, I mean, you know, you, you could look at anything in the room and that it will inspire you, mm -hmm. but to come up with a word that doesn't exist on the spot, I, I think that that's incredibly challenging. Yeah. And I think that's what, uh, you know, keeps a lot of people stuck in the creative process is what we call, uh, what Barry Schwartz calls this paradox of choice, right? This idea that we as humans become paralyzed by having too many options. And that's what sitting down and trying to think of something out of nothing is right. Like if you've ever sat down to write jokes or write a paper or whatever, and it's just the, the blank screen staring at your face, it's difficult to like, how do I even begin? How can I even be creative? And with both humor and creativity in general, constraints can actually make us more creative. If, uh, you know, in this exercise, if you're like, I'm going to, you know, look around the room and just combine two words and you're going to have to define, you know, um, curtain floor or whatever like it's not a great word but it gives you some type of word for me i just think of a real word and try to approximate what it would be backwards so my word whatever it was was like oh i saw you know coach randy what is randy backwards um so that just gives me the starting point so i can create kind of my own constraint to make it easier in improv we get a suggestion from the audience we do a very specific form we do um short form or long form, we do a herald or, you know, a specific questions only scene or whatever. And all of those constraints actually make the process easier because we're, our brain is solving problems, et cetera. So a lot of people have difficulty with making up the word. Some people have difficulty with giving the definition. And for those people, it's often because they think of something and then they filter it right away because they think like, oh, but it's not funny enough, or it's not interesting enough, or there's already a word that has that definition, whatever it happens to be. And those are constraints that don't exist in this exercise, but it's ones that we place on ourselves. And the reality is that the first thing that comes to your mind is oftentimes going to be different than the first thing that comes to other people's mind because of your experience. And that's what humor is this, this thing. Like when you've seen really good comedians, you've see, you probably said to yourself like, oh my goodness, that's so true. Right. And that's because they had this experience. So you can also use this to, to facilitate or debrief, you know, talking about confidence or about 
um, adapting to the situation or uh, writing a little bit, et cetera. But this is a, a, a type of exercise that we do. I'd encourage people listening to play this with someone in their life, whether it's um, a kid of theirs. It's, it, it's really fun with kind of teenagers and even young kids because they're amazing at it um, or some coworkers or whatever, But because it's, it's a fun exercise. And, and Coach Randy, as you were kind of talking about, it's a way to also warm up the brain a little bit, just kind of loosen up a little bit, have something fun to do. We're speaking with Drew Tarvin, author, comedian, improv master, and of course, the founder of Humor. I feel like I just had a full day of uh, rehabilitation. You're, you're enriched. Well, I don't get I a chance to often sit in and work with other individuals and professionals to learn like that. Yeah. So I, that's a good idea. Well, we're having you. an in-service day here. No, it's, so, uh, it's in-service. Yeah, glad, glad we could put that together. So Drew, well, one thing I'm curious about is when you, I know we're still sort of seeping out of the pandemic here, but when you went on site, to mm -hmm. clients and you ran these workshops, what kind of reaction did you get? And, and did you see things clicking with people who going into these programs weren't that comfortable? Oh, certainly. I mean, I think there's, uh, as soon as, and I'm one of these people, it's interesting. I facilitate these types of exercises, but I'm one of those people where if I'm sitting in the audience and the facilitator, the speaker is like, um, all right, turn to the person next to you and we're going to do this. And I'm like, oh no, like, I'm busy, right? I, I, I have a thing that I should run and go to or whatever, like, I'm because I'm an introvert, I'm a little bit there. And it's one of those things where I'm always a little bit hesitant or skeptical going into it. And then afterwards, I'm happy that I did it. Because uh, one, it gives me an excuse to talk to the person next to me who I, I'm not necessarily always going to talk to or because maybe I'm doing this at a big association, or even if I'm doing it at a company, I'm hopefully sitting next to someone that I don't talk to a ton. So mm -hmm. it's helping me build, build relationships a little bit. And then two, this is something that I learned from improvisation as, as you all probably know, this kind of mindset of yes. And is that it's like, Oh, like if I'm not enjoying an experience, part of that is maybe the fault of the facilitator or whatever, but it's also probably largely in due to my mindset or how I'm going into something. And so it's like, I can learn from any situation, even if it's a terrible facilitator and a terrible speaker, I can at least be taking mental notes of what not to do. Okay, never do that. I hate this. This is what's wrong or whatever. Here's how I'd improve it, et cetera. And so it's also been a, a shift in terms of mindset to say, okay, how can I yes and the situation? How can I say, okay, this is what's happening and here's what I'm going to do about it or here's what I'm going to get out of it. And so uh, part of it is, is helping people switch with that mindset. And I think a big part of what people walk away with is more confidence in themselves. This record, like, oh, wait, I, I could do that. I, I didn't make people laugh or smile. I, uh, maybe there is something there because you're, you're not going to learn this skill or any skill in a single workshop. But if it can inspire you, if you can learn a couple of techniques, if you can learn the phrase yes and and kind of what it means and start to apply it and be inspired enough to say, okay, let me go out and practice it a little bit more. That's where you start to make some, some real change. You know, and I, I love topics. I love facilitating. I love being in front of people. I can often use, and I'm sure for this board, the edutainer, where I'm going to educate and entertain. Uh, and it's it's just, and I always joke with my wife, I can just figure out how to make a living off of it. It would be so nice uh, <laughs> because there's so many people. Uh, I am fascinated. I know your time is short, uh, but if you don't mind, you're an engineer and not just any kind of like a computer engineer, which means you're really smart, according to me, and lots of numbers. How do you go from being a computer engineer to doing this hard shift to say, wait a second, I want to be a humorist and talk about improv and inspire and do workshops. I mean, that's just fascinating. Yeah. I mean, well, you'll, you'll probably won't be surprised to learn that there are spreadsheets involved um, in that transition, <laughs> that process. Um, but the, you know, the shorter kind of version of that story is I was working at Procter and Gamble in IT and I had started using humor in my own work to see all. And I started seeing all these benefits, right? When I, I added humor to my meetings, people actually started coming to my meetings. When I would add jokes to the ends of my emails, people started responding and reading my emails. When uh, I brought humor into my own work, I looked forward to the day I was enjoying it. And uh, part of the reason for the transition is I remember uh, being in a meeting that um, was just terrible. And I was like, someone should teach them how to do this better. Like I had been incorporating humor in my own work. Someone needs to teach this person like how to facilitate. So I'm not, you know, bored to tears while they're talking. And then, you know, it's, it's, it's as, exactly. I was like, maybe it's because Gandhi probably didn't say be the comedian you wish to see in the world. Um, <laughs> Although I think that hashtag trademark. 
<laughs> yeah. Hash link pretty much. So it's like, and so I started training internally Yeah. and it just became this thing that I fell in love with. I would, you know, volunteer to do something at an offsite or I would, you know, um, teach a improv workshop. We acquired a company while I was uh, like there, that was like, there was a tough stuff with culture. And so I did some improv an improv series of workshops to build with that mm-hmm. fell in love with the work spreadsheet made a spreadsheet of like okay could i actually do this for real what would be required what do i need to achieve before i feel comfortable leaving a a comfortable secure corporate job and uh took uh, about three years to check off everything in that spreadsheet and when i did went and talked to my manager and and left a few months later and uh that was a little over a decade ago it was july 1st 2012 when i when i was focused on humor that works full time yeah. And, and I, I recommend that you read Drew's first book, mm-hmm. which, of course, is the uh, the United States of Comedy, right? United Where States you, of Laughter, yeah. Of Laughter, I'm sorry. You're United yeah. States of Laughter. I knew I'd screw something up. Man, you did it, too. Yeah. Well, listen, go big or go home. It's a humor show. Yeah. You know, no, no one's <laughs> keeping score. United States of I Laughter. I am. Pick me, pick me. And, you know, he, he does hit each of the 50 states, and it's not even so much about, you know, the stand-up that you experience, but the people that you meet along the way. Mm-hmm. And uh, very, very courageous. So, so good on you. And again, uh, doing a, a little bit of a plug for your book here. So go check out the United States of Laughter. But um, I think there's also myriad application in humor that works. So can you tell us a little bit about the book and what we might get out of it? Yeah, certainly. Uh, uh, the the yeah, United States of Laughter, kind of a, somewhat of a, a travel memoir. Um, someone who read it said it's a, kind of a mix between a Bill Bryson walk in the woods and Tina Fey bossy pants. So it's kind of a like, you know, meant to be funny, but also some lessons. And it's, it's really an application of yes. And cause it's like, again, project management, me never would have put all my stuff in storage and went off, went to all 50 States in a year, but improv me is like, Oh yeah, we can make this, this work. Uh, and then you, the humor that works, the subtitle of it is uh, the missing skill for success and happiness at work. And the reason why I think of it as this missing skill is that, uh, we get a lot of training on how to do a job, right? You go through college to do, you know, kind of university, get the skill set you need to interview at least decently enough to then get a job. And then you get on the job training, hopefully for things, or you can take a certification course or whatever. So a lot of times we learn these skills to, to do our job or to do them better. We very rarely get a course on how to enjoy that job. And so what we consider humor to be is this missing skill at work that if we apply it to the other skills of work, and at least through our research, we've kind of find five core skills of work. You have to be able to execute a task and complete it. Like, you know, whether that's sending an email or shaving an alpaca, if you're an alpaca farmer, you need to be able to think strategically and uh, creatively and project plan and solve problems. You need to be able to communicate a message in a way other people understand. You need to connect at a human level, emotional, tell interest, rapport, and you need to be able to lead, you know, to influence or motivate people regardless of your position. So we consider those the five core skills of work mm-hmm. and humor is that missing one, but humor can help you with each of the other five. Humor can help you to execute faster. It can help you to think a little bit smarter, to communicate a little bit better, et cetera, et cetera. And so the book is essentially the case for the what, why, and how of humor, where the how kind of explores those five skills and says, hey, if you want to you know, be a little bit more productive or a little bit less stressed, here's how humor applies to execution. So uh, we're going to pivot real quickly because you're a dad and we're a show all about dads. Uh, and I have to ask, how do you take those five core components you just talked about and use them as a dad in the world of your, your 14-year-old daughter, correct? 14 month. 14 month. 14 month. God, there was my don't, turn to mess up. Don't, don't rush it. <laughs> I don't did. Rush don't it. rush I can it. I'll tell you, with two, two yeah. high school girls. 14 month. And her name is? Pina. Yeah. Pina. So, we have so a- how do you? What's that? Yeah. So we have a 14 month old and to, I mean, to answer your question, you, I feel like right parenthood is about having to have a sense of humor, right? You have to, to, to get through things. And Amy, even from pregnancy, we've had it because there's just so much stress. And I remember, uh, in pregnancy, uh, my, we were very stressed. It was later in the pregnancy and we were watching this, um, uh, documentary, uh, the baby's documentary on Netflix and um we were in it it talked about the importance of sleep right how important sleep is for memory etc and you know so if if you have a big day for the child then you need to make sure that they have uh time to sleep later at night so we're over watching it Uh, again it's been a long 
process or whatever, we're stressed. And my wife turns to me and she's like, you know what that means, right? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. It means like, you know, when we have these big learning days, we got to make sure that we create the moment for our, our future daughter to, to sleep. And she's like, no, it means that if we ever do anything that we don't want our daughter to remember, we just don't let her sleep. <laughs> like if we accidentally curse in front of her, then it's like no nap for you. <laughs> or like if she catches us being intimate or something like that, it's like, oh, you're not sleeping for a week. That's right? And it was this moment where it's like, it just cracked me up. And it's a thing that I remember very vividly of us sitting on the couch and having, and because it was that humor that we needed to relieve that stress. And so certainly humor for stress relief, you can find the humor. I mean, everything about, I think not everything, but so much about pregnancy, so much about birth, so much about, um, you know, raising a little one there's, there's, you got to find the humor in it so that you don't find the tears, I think, in some ways. <laughs> and then also it just makes things a lot more fun. Like, you know, I, I don't know if you all experience this, but I think one of the biggest surprise for me and, and being a dad was I had no idea how much I would be singing and making up songs. Like just to keep her entertained, it's like, you know, we're walking down the grocery store and picking up some can. Like, it's just, I'm bringing back my musical improv days to get her excited. She loves beatboxing, like hearing me beatbox. So I don't know, you're finding ways to like, especially when they're so young that they can't interact like a ton back to you verbally, you're finding what are other ways that we can have fun that we can create these moments of levity. This is this is really funny because in, in my stand-up routine, I do this whole thing about like that progressive commercial, don't become like your parents. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I find like, it's too late. I'm done because yeah. <laughs> one of the things my dad would do on vacations is he would make up these silly little songs off the top mm -hmm. of his head like missing an exit on the highway. And now I'm, I'm, you do it. I'm doing it just, you know, ran, like going to Dunkin' Donuts, oh, randomly going yeah. to Dunkin' Donuts and getting and I'm, and I'm writing songs about it. I'm like, holy crap, I've become my dad. dad. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to introduce the beatbox back into my routine because that was, do old you have school. to do it on this episode? I don't have to do it on this episode, mm -hmm. but I'm just curious. How did, how did you learn how to beatbox? Uh, I'm not particularly good at it. Um, oh, but I, skills forever. I mean, with, the on, with the Z. I'm just, I'm just, I know you would think uh, I learned it in, uh, I did musical improv for a number of years in New York because this was the engineering mindset into the doing musical improv is that I kept on getting notes from improv teachers that I wasn't emotional enough and seen surprise, surprise as an engineer. Uh, I was very heady about it. Like if you know UCB style of improv of like find the game of the scene. And so I'd be, lo I'd be like, logically what's funny about the scene. And then I would like take it to the extreme. And so at the suggestion of a friend, he was like, if you want to learn to be more, emo react more emotionally in your scenes, you should do musical improv because you're going to have to sing songs about what's going on. Exactly. So, Broadway night. We have Broadway night, Broadway Mills. Well, I'm thinking, does, does he use the Boots Cats? He does, exactly. Oh, so that was one of the things. Yeah. So you take Boots Cats. And then for when we do the, uh, when we do the improv rap, when I do that with my daughter, uh, we do the, um, uh, beastie boy dot da 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 dot uh -huh. um as a way to you know give myself time to come up with rhymes but yeah it's uh, it's those two <laughs> beastie things boys every turn my daughter loves the beastie boys yeah i don't think they ever left don't I mean, call it a comeback i know they're, they're, but they're, that's no sleep till brooklyn i mean my gosh yeah yeah they're they're a cherished cherished yeah. entity the beastie boys we're having a lot of fun with Drew Tarvin, uh, learning about humor and learning about his career, learning about him as a dad. We're gonna take it home, Drew. We have a segment on Bad to the Dad called Dad Vice. A ha ha, mm -hmm. very clever play on advice. Mm -hmm. Advice for dads. What advice do you have for other dads out there that might be listening to Bad to the Dad? <laughs> uh, what advice do I have? I mean, I'm still somewhat new to the game, so it's like. I mean, one, one very important thing to keep in mind for brand new dads is people will very much emphasize to, you know, don't forget about the neck, hold the neck, et cetera. Like when the baby is like brand new, brand new, uh, you still got to hold on to the body. No one ever talks ah. about that part where it's like, it can't just be the neck. All right. Good you got to hold on to, to both of those things. So that's like the very bare minimum, right. uh, thing to think about. 
And I think overall advice is I would say, and this is this I learned from parents in my workshop, and I learned this way before I ever actually became a parent. And they said, yes, and is one of the best things that you can you can learn, I think, as a parent, because, you know, an, an, a woman came up to me uh, that I still remember many, many years ago. And we had talked about, you know, a, a yes, and for in terms of application to car, corporate, etc. And she's like, this is really helpful for me at home, because I have to say no to a lot. Right. I have to say, no, don't touch the stove or no, don't go play in traffic or uh, right. No, don't eat that the scissors or whatever it happens to be. And so she's like, when I can say yes, and I'm, I try to do that as much as possible. So if they pick out an outfit that I, ne I wouldn't necessarily normally you know, think of or they decide they want to wear two different shoes or whatever it is, you know, yes, and it is much, not just saying yes, but the important part, in, in, at least in improvisation, is that and piece where you, you collaborate with it, you contribute to it, that you go along with. So it's not just a like, whatever you want to do, but it's like, no, I'm an active participant in kind of what's going mm. on. And I think if you can say yes, and a little bit more, doesn't have to be always, but if you can say yes and a little bit more, I think you'll find that uh, you'll have a lot more fun uh, and a lot more fun interactions as a result. Well, Drew Tarvin, right. our guest on Bad to the Dead. Now, Drew, before wow. we wow. wrap up the interview, and this has been um, it's been insightful, it's been enjoyable, of course, hey, it's been humorous. We had a little, uh, little uh, workshop. He put us to work, which yeah. is what it's all about. Where can we find you? Which I guess is uh, the latter day way of saying where can we find you digitally? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, to not only find your accounts but also some of your material. Certainly. Well, uh, sadly, I gave up the Skills Forever moniker many, many years ago. So uh, if you search for that, you're not going to find it. Uh, but you can find me at Drew Tarvin. So just my name, D-R-E-W-T-A-R, V as in Victor, I-N. Uh, on uh, most uh, social media channels, I'm not on Be Real, which I think is a new one or something oh, like that. It is so the it's real not thing. Be real. Uh, yeah. You guys don't know no. what happens. The social media, it stops you wherever you are, and it says it's time for you to be real. And in that moment is when you take your picture and you be real, and you share it to the world. And it, takes, and it takes a picture of both sides from of your camera. So you can't kind of like curate the only like one yeah. good side. If you're like, then you're going to show the other side is, you know, a mess of a room or something like that. And, and you've you only get, got like two minutes to one post. Per day. You get one per day. You have to do a one per day, like That's, a challenge. Yeah, it's, not, it's, just, it's, just, it's like you do multi selfies and post them on gram. Like a supplement. It is just like a yeah, it's like real. a supplement. Yes. Yeah, it's it's what uh, it's what the future uh, Gen Z generation is going to be doing in the retirement home once they get to that stage. Is they're going to have their be real one one supplement a day. Mm -hmm. So I'm not on be real. I may I might need to join it. It could be interesting. But I'm on also. I am on MySpace still. So if you go the opposite direction, I still have a MySpace page. I Hold don't that. know why. Um, but we ha I didn't know they were still around. But we we were recently doing kind of a a review of our social media accounts and stuff. And so that is one. So you can find me at Drew Tarvin on MySpace or Instagram and uh, LinkedIn and all of that. Uh, and then the website is humortheatworks.com. We've got a bunch of free resources on there, blog posts, information about the book. We do it. We also have a two minute, uh, free two minute assessment on kind of your natural style of humor, how you can kind of express that uh, in, in life and work a little bit more. So that's a great resource for people. But uh, yeah, humornetworks.com. And then of course, any of the social mediums, you, media, you can uh, IM or as the newer people say, DM. I'm not going to add the third one from Coach Randy. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you can reach out to me. I'm always happy to answer questions or chat with people. It's a, it's a topic I'm really passionate about and want to see more of in the world. Yeah. And you know, of course, with social media, you can go on and on. Of course, Drew has done TED Talks, which can be found on YouTube. And you said you're on TikTok as well? Uh, no? Humor That Works, the company uh, Humor That Works is on TikTok. I personally am not on there. So got a, a lot. we have a lot of great humor content there, but uh, I don't have the dance moves to be able to pull off a personal account there, I don't think. <laughs> uh, I bet you do. I one, bet one, you do. One day. One day. When I'm Drew an engineer. I only do the robot. That is uh, all left. That's all left brain thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Engineer, but humor engineer. Yeah. And that's, that's Drew Tarvin, our guest on Bad to the Dad. We wish you the best of luck, Drew. Let's stay in touch. Really enjoyed having you Thank on. Thank you so much. Really great. Thank you. We are Bad to the Dad. Download us wherever you find podcasts. Hi, everyone. Adam D here. You know that Bone Daddy logo that graces all of our social media accounts and some of our swag too? That is the work of Berman Branding led by Becky Berman. 
Becky does a phenomenal job with graphic design. She knows her way around a website, but she does so much more. She's also a web strategist and can help your business, small, medium, or large, have a much stronger presence. She'll give you some great ideas as to how to get your brand in front of the eyeballs of your target audience. So visit Becky's Instagram site, at Berman Branding. You can also check out her website, www.bermanbranding.com. It's Berman Branding for all of your graphic design, web design, social media, and marketing strategies. Berman Branding. We are Bad to the Dad with Coach Randy and Adam D. First, want to thank our sponsors again, Becky Berman and Berman Branding for all of your marketing, web design, and graphic design needs. And of course, Edan Karen of the Stan K team, top 1% realtors in North Jersey, looking to move to the North Jersey counties of Essex, Morris, and Union County, where the school systems are great, the parks are great, and the people like Coach Randy and I are great. You're going to want to contact Idan Karen, and you can find him on Instagram at Idan.Realtor. That's at Idan.Realtor. And of course, we have to thank our guest, Drew Tarvin. Uh, constantly learning from this guy every time. Well, I can I see why you like him. I can see why you like him. Definitely a good guy. Lots of great interest. And you're right, there is some synergy between us. What uh, we're talking I, that's about. another reason why I thought you'd really like this guy because he's a coach, you're yeah. a coach, you do presentations. Yeah, you know, we're all, you know, my focus a lot on about positivity and mm-hmm. so that idea about humor yeah. and bringing, you know, that, that, that is so, such an important component. So another good job, Adam D. Hey. Keep bringing it home. Listen, Keep bringing it home. If it wasn't for you, we would never have the, the bulbs firing we here. We could so. not have bad to the dad. I mean, I guess you could because it could be one person as bad to the and dad. And it would just be bad. It would just be, it bad. be bad. to the dad. Um, and then you would just talk to yourself, which yeah. I got to tell you, it might be funny talking to yourself. Uh, it'd definitely be a monologue. Yeah, it would be something. I'd probably run out of material without you. But I don't I don't know. I think you got some pretty good, yeah. pretty good material. You, could, you got a good eight minutes worth. <laughs> <laughs> for a, a one-hour show. <laughs> So, Coach, um, you know, I know that uh, we've been having a lot of fun. This yes. is a good-humored show. Just want to yeah. acknowledge September 11th, and I was talking to a whole room of people myself today uh, in, a, in a different program about how, you know, I know on 9-11 it's very easy to be somber because mm-hmm. uh, 9-11 affected all of us in, in very different ways. Many of us lost people uh, either very close to us or, or even distantly, and that puts it in perspective. But I think doing these kinds of shows... Mm-hmm and living your life and continuing to create is necessary right because it shows that life goes on but also uh, i see it as an act of defiance it's like for me it's the biggest f you to the yeah. extremists that say we don't like your way of life we want you to die mm-hmm. we want to disrupt disrupt everything about you and we're not going to let that happen no you know? and uh if i told you if we had known if you know we didn't even know each other uh 21 years ago yeah, yeah. you know uh, there's no way i would ever predicted that I'd still be living in West Orange and doing a, a podcast that wasn't a thing. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, so it is. It's about life keeps moving. And it also allows us a chance to talk to our kids about those moments in life. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, very somber, but yet uh, important that we do raise our middle finger in yeah. high pride. And that's what brings a lot of people together. So um, it was nice to kind of have that, that piece you talk about here towards the end as we come to the end of our podcast. Because I'm so glad we had this time together just to have a laugh and sing a song. As it seems we just oh, there was, started. There was singing? I didn't realize that And before singing. you know it. Oh, I, I, you're doing that. See what I did? Yeah. See what I did there? Uh-huh, yeah. Because Carol Burnett is like... Oh, yeah. Well, she's big again. Yeah. She's become the new Betty White. And you know, good for her. Yeah. Why not? Well, because she's like back... You know, you ever watch Better Call Saul? You didn't watch that? No, I haven't. Got it, but... She she ends up in Better Call Saul, and she, it is really really sparse. She's still pretty sharp. Oh right? my God, she's she's a new Betty White. Really, I'm telling you. She, yeah. I mean, people got to put her in bubble wrap and say, "Please don't die," because she's. I mean, you got to go back and watch her old stuff. All right, yeah. I'm telling. Well, I used you. to love the Carol oh, Burnett. Show. I think oh. it was on just before the Muppets. Yes, it was. It was on, and uh, they had uh, oh uh, Don Knotts. Anyhow, yeah. I don't know why I went there. Um, but you went there, and I now did. we're going down memory lane. Yes. So we have the Queen, got yes. Carol Burnett, uh-huh. Lantern. We covered a lot, a lot today. A lot of ground of course, today. Of course, the amazing Drew Tarrin, who we thank uh, immensely for being on our show, especially so late in his evening with a kid. 
So uh, next week, episode three of season number eight, we're just going to keep rolling. So keep an eye on social media. You'll find out who our guest is. We've got a few people in play. And a very exciting season because of the volume of, of really diverse guests here. So listeners, thanks for listening. Dads, thanks for listening. And have a great week. Thank <laughs> you.